0: Welcome to Wines We Drink, a podcast for wine lovers and learners. I'm Charlotte Norsworthy, and together with my counterpart, Keith Herndon, we'll be exploring a new wine each week. Keith is a lover of wine, and I am a learner of wine. We hope you'll learn and sip along with us, too. again, everyone. Welcome back to Wines We Drink. This is the podcast where me, Charlotte Northworthy, and my co-host Keith Herndon explore a different wine each episode in hopes that our wine journey will inspire your wine journey. Keith, it's always wonderful to be with you to share what I know will be another great wine you've chosen.
1: Hello, Charlotte. Uh, I'm excited about today's episode. We're going way down in price point when compared to the wines we drank on our earlier episodes, but we're not sacrificing any taste when we do that.
0: I love the sound of that. In our fourth episode, we introduced our first white wine as we explored and drank Chardonnay. So please find that episode and listen wherever you get your podcasts. But for this episode, we're remaining in the white wine category and we'll be drinking a Chenin Blanc. Keith, why this varietal and what do you find appealing about this white wine?
1: Uh, The Chenin Blancs I like are crisp and bright. Um, This varietal has a long history, often associated with France's Loire Valley, But it has taken hold in so many other wine-growing regions, such as California and Argentina, but especially South Africa. Uh, In South Africa, Chenin Blanc is one of the most widely planted varietal uh, grapes now. And and the wines of South Africa, a, a trade group there, said that there is now more acreage dedicated to Chenin Blanc grapes in South Africa than there are in the Loire Valley. So I studied uh, South African wines uh, through a course, through that trade group, and, and, uh, and uh, it's free for any of our listeners that would like to go out there to the wines of South Africa and, and take their course. And, but I, I learned that nearly all uh, of South African wines are grown and made in the Western Cape, right? Uh, so this is an area that is that is surrounded by two oceans, and they support Mediterranean-type climates that just is really ideal for Chenin Blanc grapes to grow and prosper. And I love what the winemakers have done there. Um, they're, they're just doing some wonderful expressions of the Chenin Blanc grape. Uh, and the, the Vivino app um, describes South Africa and Chenin Blanc overall as largely zesty and fruity. And I couldn't agree more. And, and, and that's just a type of white wine that, that I like, that zesty and fruity wine, and particularly... In the summer here so that's what we're gonna be drinking today
0: and it sounds like something that's gonna be right up my alley and it sounds like a great wine for summer like you said as we're approaching our warmer months so <laughs> what bottle are we gonna to open today
1: okay so I've chosen one of my new favorites okay it's a 2019 South African Chenin Blanc from the Arabella winery it has everything to like about this wine And you're not going to believe the value proposition.
0: Well, you can't just leave me hanging like that. (laughs) What do you mean by value proposition?
1: Well, you know, I was referring to the quality of the product you get for the price, right? The classic business example, you know, value proposition, price, quality. This is a top 10% wine in the world on the Vino app. And I, I just checked it again before recording this episode. And it's actually up to the top 7%. But get this. Vivino reports that the average price that its users have reported is only around five dollars a bottle.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> right. So I, I recall when we bought the bottle that we're gonna be tasting today that I paid somewhere around between eight or nine dollars for the bottle. But you're going to be hard-pressed to find a wine value better than this one.
0: Wow, yeah, it sounds like it, especially, you know, up until this point, we've been drinking lots of mid-level, potentially special occasion wines for some of us. So I'm very excited, and my palate is all set. Shall we open a drink?
1: Yes, we will. So this wine um, is uh, going to be um, a very uh, light-colored wine.
0: Yeah, nice. still has that beautiful, rich golden color, uh, very similar to the Chardonnay, but much more uh, rich in, in tone of the gold, less yellow, more golden.
1: All right. So, um, as is our routine, I'm going to ask you to please swirl the glass a little and take some deep sniff of that.
0: I also just want our listeners to know that I'm very much so mastering the swirl technique. Just trust <laughs> me when I say that.
1: So, you know so as you're as you're smelling that, you know I've already described this Chenin Blanc as a crisp, bright, zesty, and fruity. But what are some of maybe the specific notes you might be picking up on there?
0: Yeah, zesty is very much so present here. Uh, it's very bright maybe um, maybe even uh, citrusy here. But also quite floral. I think in the last uh, white wine that we drank, the Chardonnay, I described it more as uh, woodsy with my with my <laughs> vernacular here that I'm setting up, uh, woodsy and less floral, even though there were some lighter blossoms present. I'm getting more more florals this time, and I don't know um, if that's anywhere remotely accurate, but
1: very very nice. Uh, you're you're getting um, you're you're getting really good at the smelling <laughs> wine here, Charlotte. So um, uh, I'm going to have you now just take a really nice sip.
0: My favorite part.
1: <laughs> you know, as I, as I reflect back on our episodes, you know, we're not doing this as like a formal wine tasting. This is kind of like a tasting and drinking combination, right?
0: Right, right. It's
1: like how two friends, which we are, <laughs> would sit over a table and drink some wine.
0: Right, and, and talk about what we're tasting. And speaking of that, I mean, it's it's that acidity or that brightness is coming through and almost circling the rim of my mouth. You know, like if you're tossing a basketball into a net and it uh, threatens to fall out of the net by circling the rim right when I swallowed it, you know, that brightness very much so reached the corners of my of my mouth very quickly. I thought that was interesting. Um, And again, a beautiful sort of zesty, crisp uh, flavor coming out of it.
1: Well, you know, I, I love the word zest when it comes to this kind of uh, of wine because you do get a very uh, strong notes of all kinds of citrus. You know, for me, I get lemon, I get lime in here, um, but I also get this idea of the tropics, <laughs> right? We talked about that Mediterranean climate, right, on right. the Western Cape, Right. And and I just think that that is somehow bottled. When you bottle a Chenin Blanc from South Africa, you're almost bottling that that Mediterranean climate, and 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 it's and and you're getting some of those those flavors transported from South Africa here to our wine kitchen, right? <laughs> you know, in a bottle. Right. Right. So you know, I I also think of of, of a lot of other you know. Uh, tropical notes in this wine. I also feel that there is some pineapple coming through. Mm. Uh, I really taste the pineapple in here. And when I was looking at uh, some of the, uh, uh, you know, wine notes and some of the things that people had posted online about this, um, they get, you you get some, you get some differences of opinion about some of the flavor notes that come out there. Um, One that um, one, a person had posted online about this particular wine was a green apple and light pear.
0: Interesting.
1: You know, I don't, I don't get the the green apple, but I do sense the pear quite a bit.
0: It's really yeah. fascinating that wine can be up for interpretation. You mm-hmm. know, like there are so many different nuances going on here that they're going to come out differently depending on your taste buds.
1: Right. I I think that um, what we can what we can um, all agree on is that this wine is very citrus forward and it's that very um, uh, crisp style that is just delicious. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: It's still refreshing, uh, but compared to something like a Chardonnay, which we had in our previous episode, it's much more punchier. You know, The, the flavor, like you said, it's very forward. It's very top of the palate. And it hits you right there as you're taking a sip.
1: Right. So I want you to have another big sip of this wine as we drink this wine. And then as opposed to what is hitting at the front of your palate, think about how this wine finishes.
0: Yeah, the finish is perhaps more difficult for me to describe (laughs) just because of... Of the heavy hitting beginning of the taste, Um, and I can't.
1: I'm gonna step in. I'm at a
0: loss for words this time.
1: (laughs) I'm gonna step in and help you out a little bit. For me, that finish is melon. Okay. And then, um, and then one of the things that, uh, as I was trying to figure out the right flavor to describe this, um, uh, someone that I was reading about this wine described the finish as guava.
0: Guava, more of those tropical notes, like yeah, you mentioned right. before,
1: and and so I can really hit, I, I can really get that melon in the finish, and now that I read guava, I can really sense that flavor coming out.
0: You can't right? untaste the guava, right? I can't untaste <laughs> the guava.
1: So you know, I think that's something for our 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 listeners to understand. It's like if you're trying a wine for the first time, uh, it's okay to maybe you know check out some general. Uh, understanding of what it is, particularly if you're putting down some hard-earned money on it. but but try not to read a lot of what other people have said about the taste because once those words, once those flavors are imparted in your mind, it it will it will influence the way you think about it. So you know, try to, you know, try to uh, enjoy the wine on your own terms before looking at what other people said about it. And then if you can, you know, go out and find you know the official, um, you know, uh, uh, tasting notes uh, about the wine. And, and those are things that I think are important to, to do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And as I've uh, continued drinking the glass, first of all, I just can't get over how inexpensive this wine is. I mean, going back to the 8 or $9 a bottle, I mean, that just blows my mind at how delicious it is. And I think by selecting this one for us to drink this episode, you've made the point that you really can't judge wine quality by the price.
1: Absolutely correct. I mean, the economics behind every bottle of wine is so different, right? So you you just have to look behind the price and the label and do your homework on what's inside the bottle, right?
0: And everyone's tasting experience will be different, like we said. Uh, And... The sheer sippiness of this <laughs> wine is just incredible, might I add. I see what you mean about this being a good summer wine. It's easy, easy drinking.
1: Yeah, I, I, this is this is one of my uh, and my wife. Uh, we we have this as a go to selection, um, uh, and the 2019 uh, uh, vintage is what we're drinking today. I very much enjoyed their 2018 vintage and their 2020, which is now out. Uh, this is, is is also delicious. This is a wine that is made to drink young, right? Um, it's perfect for drinking now. So if you can't get the 2019, but you see the 2018 still there, or the 2020, just grab it. You know, if under ten dollars, you know, you're going to be really, really hard pressed to find a better value, as I said earlier. You know, the other thing, the alcohol by volume in this bottle is only around 13%. So this is not a wine that is going to overpower you on your back deck,
0: you know, in the
1: summer. (laughs) So chill them up nicely and enjoy for the summer.
0: So while we're on our back deck, I can sense maybe some grilling might be happening, some barbecuing maybe. (laughs) We're mentioning summer. I'm getting hungry already. So tell me how you would recommend our listeners pairing this wine with food.
1: Well, as we talked about in our last episode I like to find wines and styles that are versatile with food because it, it gives you so many options when planning a meal, and especially planning a meal when you know you're going to be entertaining guests, right? Uh, this wine, uh, specifically the 2019 as well as the 2020, are very, very versatile. They're going to go really nicely with some mild cheeses that you might want to have as a kind of as an appetizer for your guests. Uh, it's going to be really nice pairing with some lean fish and self, shellfish, and this is a wine that would go really nicely with spicy foods, right? When the information is available, you know, I like to see what the winemakers themselves believe work as a, as a food pairing. And, and sometimes, you know, if you do your Google searches on a wine, you'll, you'll be surprised what you find. Arabella's winemakers are a father and son team, Stephen and, and uh, Jamie Duet. And I found them talking about their wines on the NakedWines.com website. And Stephen offered up these specific pairings for this wine. And I thought they were very specific and delicious. Ham with pineapple. Ooh. Barbecue chicken. Or a simple plate of Camembert cheese. Wow. I've already tried this with barbecue chicken and delicious. Okay. So now you have your barbecue, your backyard barbecue wine for the summer.
0: I mean, my menu is set. (laughs) Those sound like some excellent pairings. And yeah, barbecue chicken, Chenin Blanc combo, Yeah, that's definitely going to happen, probably this weekend.
1: Uh, (laughs) Let's
0: go ahead and take our brief interlude. We'll be back in a moment to wrap up this episode with our educational feature, The Weekly Wine Word. So we conclude each episode with an educational feature as we ask Keith to give his take on a specific wine word This week's wine word is sulfites. Keith, why do we see that word on so many wine labels?
1: Thanks, Charlotte. Uh, This is an excellent wine word to discuss, but let me preface by saying this word is not unique to the varietal that we're drinking today. Sulfites is a universal issue in the wine world.
0: Issue. So sulfites are controversial?
1: Yes. uh, To a certain degree, they are controversial because some people are sensitive and even allergic to sulfur and sulfites which are chemical compounds containing sulfur. So if someone is allergic, then sulfites wouldn't be a good thing for them. But as I've learned in my wine certification courses, sulfites are naturally produced as a byproduct of fermentation. So there are likely going to be trace amounts of sulfites in wine, even if none were added. But I think the controversy from sulfites arises when sulfites are added. But that's a common practice because they are an antibacterial agent and many winemakers use them as a preservative to help maintain the quality of the wine after fermentation. So even so, and even though it's a widespread practice, there are a lot of people believe that it's the sulfites that give them headaches from drinking wine or it causes other reactions. And, and I want to preface what I'm saying here is that I'm not a medical expert. But those who are believe that the number of people with such allergies to sulfites are only about 1% of the population. Um, Wine Enthusiast Magazine, which is one of my favorite magazines, ran an article back in January, and the title of it was, How Sulfites Became Public Enemy Number One in Wine. So, uh, you know, I think that's a really uh, interesting, you know, title for an article. So I would encourage our listeners to just go out on the web and seek out that article and do a little digging into the issues before dismissing a great wine because it has the word contained sulfites on the label. That article notes that the federal government requires every wine bottle to carry a sulfite statement if a wine contains just 10 parts per million of sulfites and that's really not a lot of sulfites.
0: Hmm. Wow, that's so interesting. And that gives our listeners a really unique perspective, you know, knowing what's on the back of our labels is very popular these days. So that <laughs> yeah. that that gave us some really great con- context.
1: Yeah, so I'm happy to delve into any topics about wine that our listeners want us to discuss in our wine word feature. Most of our wine words aren't as controversial as the word sulfites, okay?
0: Well, that is a wrap for this week's episode where we drank a delicious South African Chenin Blanc and allowed me to discover my new summer barbecue wine, y'all. My menu is set, like I said. So thanks for that, Keith.
1: You're most welcome.
0: Please join us for the next episode of Wines We Drink when we'll be drinking a delicious bubbly from a place most people wouldn't expect. Until then, see you later.
1: Thanks, Charlotte. Thanks
0: for listening to Wines We Drink. Listen to our other episodes anywhere you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe so you'll be the first to listen to future episodes. And follow us on Twitter at WinesWeDrink and Instagram at the drink. Cheers.